But every single person is sent to this earth with a mission, and their mission is something that only they can uniquely do. Each of us has a unique destiny, a singular purpose which nobody else has. And in Jesus, you've been declared clean. I've been declared clean. And we are now ready to live out our design, our destiny, our assignment. Welcome, friend. This is Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 30. The horizon we're questing after is that Jesus knows how life works best now and the future belongs to his kingdom. See the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com. In the last book of the New Testament, the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus says to him or her who overcomes, to him or her, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give them a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows, but he or she who receives it. You can read those words of Jesus Christ in the second chapter. Humanity has fallen from its position of blessing and dominion, and this affects every person born, including you and I. But in Jesus, all of that has been reversed. A white stone is offered to you in Jesus, my friend. You're restored, and there is a new name, a higher destiny to discover and experience. I'm excited about this conversation with Dr. Gary Brewster. Listen while you drive, take a walk, or do some chores. That's the great thing about podcast listening. We're not tied to a screen. Our hands are free to multitask, right? I know that what you're about to hear is part of the life message of Gary, and I believe it could be another piece of understanding to take us further. Okay, friend, we have something in this episode that I'm going to predict with 99% probability that you have not heard this before. How's that sound? I'm going to predict that you have not heard these ideas and this teaching before in our conversation today in this episode. I'm excited to have Gary Brewster with us. Some of you will know Gary. Gary has pastored since the late 1980s. Uh, He's taught high school history personal wellness for seven years. He's been the executive director of a homeless self-sufficiency program for the last 10 years. He's been a hospital chaplain for eight years, a chamber of commerce chaplain for one year. Man, Gary, you are the Renaissance man here, I tell you. And but, you know, I didn't do that all at once, by the way. Okay, a kingdom renaissance man. Some of this is some of this is probably overlapping though, right? Okay, he's been a police chaplain and a squad leader for almost five years, and his education includes a BA in pastoral ministries and a master of arts and a doctor of theology. Wow, M A N T H D. The queen of the sciences, as Thomas Aquinas said, right, Gary? Theology. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Everything hangs off of theology, ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's going to be accurate, that's true. I heard this thing recently where astrophysicists, you know, physicists who study um, astrophysics and um, mm-hmm. cosmology and such, they're climbing this mountain and they're getting very close to the top, and soon they're going to break over the top and find there's a band of theologians up there saying, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
like it. That's they're, great. Off, they're, they're, they're finding some <laughs> things out in astrophysics that are uh, sort of bleeding, bleeding in the theology in recent times. Gary, welcome. Gary Brewster, how are you doing today? Thank you for carving out some time, and I'm excited about this, mm-hmm. this topic today. Well, I'm, I'm doing well, and I'm excited to be with you, and uh, it's, it's so good to be able to share in your podcast. I've seen uh, some of your podcasts and, and just such good material that's in there. And and so it's an honor for you to ask me to do one well, with you. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's an honor and certainly my pleasure to converse with you on this. And Now, Gary, over the years, I've known you for a long time, and there's been a theme that keeps popping up once in a while in some of our conversations and dialogue. I'm just going to mention this first verse. It's based on this, this verse in Revelation 2.17, right. where Jesus says that we will be given a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. And that's been, I, th- I think, part of your life message. Can you just comment on that verse? And, and, and really, oh, what is there a story or, or an experience in life that, that brought you to this understanding of what we're going to talk about today? Well, I, I absolutely love this verse, and I like the concept that's behind it, because it shows the uniqueness of individuals and how God has made all of us and he's made us all for a purpose. And and one of the things I like to say to kids when I have this opportunity to preach this message, like at a, a teen camp or something like that, mm-hmm. is that there is nobody that when they were born, that God looked at him and said, oh, oh my goodness, what are we going to do with this one? I hadn't planned on this one. <laughs> but every single person is sent to this earth with a mission. and And their mission is something that only they can uniquely do. And if they don't do it, it's not like God saying, I'm going to send two or three backups. Okay. Everybody, everybody has something that they need to uniquely do. So, so yeah, so when I look at this, this is what I'm seeing in this. When he talks about giving some of the hidden manna, you know, I really believe that God is saying, I'm going to give you everything that you need here upon this earth. And of course, when Jesus taught us to pray, you know, he talked about the, the daily bread. And I think that, of course, goes, you know, well beyond just food. Right. But he's talking about everything that we're needing spiritually, emotionally, everything that we're needing socially, everything that we need in order to be able to fill our call and to be able to respond to the name that he's given us. Hmm. Now, I believe even when Adam walked to the garden in the cool of the day with God, that, I mean, what did they talk about? You know, I think he talked about his place, his call, who he was to God, his relationship with God, and everything that was all around them as they walked. I can't imagine the inquisitiveness that Adam must have had, you know, when they passed by a particular plant and God says, oh yeah, yeah, I made that plant to do this, this, and this because he had called Adam to be that keeper of that garden. Yeah. And there were all these awesome secrets that were there so that he had of every provision. So when we're looking at the hidden manna, I think that God has given us in a way that it's not necessarily exposed to the enemy for destruction. Okay. It's hidden. It's not necessarily exposed to others that it'd be ridiculed and downplayed. It's hidden. But God gives us everything that we're needing in order to bring him glory, and I'm going to be saying this a lot, to bring him glory in order to be able to bless people. And then when he says the white stone, this is the thing. We fell. Adam fell. 
we fell, we're no longer worthy to be called by that name that he has for us. Okay. Except that he says, I'm going to cast a white stone in your favor. You know, when they we, they played the Yahtzee game, so to speak, not really. I'm just kind of exaggerating a little bit, but okay. they didn't know whether the person was guilty or innocent. And if the white stone came out first, they would declare them innocent. If the the darker stone came out first. Okay, so they, they would, would like throw they guilty. would throw lots as a way of determining. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. When they couldn't decide exactly. And so the white stone was a stone of favor and acceptance and innocence. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And saying the, a declaration of innocence in a court of law. And so what we're looking at here is God saying, "Yes, you needed redemption, but I'm looking at you, and because of my Son, because of my blood that was shed for you." I'm calling you innocent. That's the white stone. Okay. Well, he not only redeems our soul that we hear so much about, our spirit, he redeems our call. And so there's a, it's, it's not really a new name. It's a name that is a unique name because there's different ways to translate the Greek there. I really like the word unique for that translation because it's saying, I got a name for you that nobody else has ever had. God looks at us and he calls us by a name. Now, when others look at us, they can't see it yet, Mm. but we have a whole lifetime to develop it, to live out of it. We have a whole lifetime to be able to bring God glory through it. Okay. And that's the name that he's given us. All right. Man, so many questions and thoughts are surfacing now. Now, back to the Garden of Eden, the cool of the day. And I, I, I do agree with you that it was like a coaching, a mentoring and equipping, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it was it was relationally based, of course. It was organic and relationally based, but you got to know that coaching and mentoring was was going on there with with probably Jesus, right? It was probably a Christophany. Jesus would, I think so, come, yes. come down and, and and walk in the cool of the day. Adam, it's really a prototype, and we just need to see ourselves in principle in this prototype, right? Adam was placed in the garden, as you said, to keep it, to cultivate it. To, mm-hmm. to really draw out its latent potential, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the garden was created by God, but, but there's, there's a partnership between heaven and earth. Exactly. We have this mm-hmm. Eden, if you will, this sphere that we're called to cultivate mm-hmm. and, 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 and to bring an increased fruitfulness and, and really to draw out the latent potential of it. When we fell, we not only... I mean, we fell from all of that, didn't we, Gary? We... Were Absolutely. removed yes. from that. We were disconnected from, from Jesus. And mm-hmm. so when we're saved, Gary, is it insufficient to just say that we're saved to go to, to heaven? It's like, oh, oh, absolutely. You, you got your ticket. We're giving out tickets now yeah, through evangelism yeah. through, for people to go to heaven. Oh, but totally misses it. Aren't yes. we, is it more? I mean, aren't we reconnected to what we've lost in this in this Eden principle? Absolutely. It, that's like being asleep. Uh, you know, the, the, I just, I, I, I don't understand how we can say this is about, you know, signing my name on the life insurance policy. I know where I'm going after I die. And, and it's, it's almost aggravating because there's all these awesome things that God wants us to be able to do and experience. And in order to be able to experience those things, we have to realize that we're living every single moment where I, I, I like in the Psalms where, where it says that he has studied, he has scrutinized our very path. Mm. And, and he is, I see it as he's already walked ahead of us, and he already has all of these exciting adventures for us, and there's adventure in everyday life. 
We don't have to be climbing a mountain or, or scuba diving or something. There's adventures in everyday life when we live out of our call. So he's gone ahead and he has studied in detail every single little thing that will happen. Everything will come across. And there's a way that we can use our call to bring him glory as our foot then treads with his yeah. coming after where he has already walked. Yeah. And so it's, it's exciting. And, you know, we were talking just a moment about the garden. It reminds me of something, and that's this. I also really believe that there's, there's a couple things about call that we have to realize. One is that it's about relationship, both a vertical and a horizontal relationship. Yep. The way Adam walked with God we have to be able to walk out our call daily. You don't do it on your own. You don't do it where, oh, God called me, and so, and, and so now I can stand autonomous. But you do it with him, and you do it with others. Otherwise, you're not really doing it. So it's really facil- facilitated best in relationships, first the vertical, yeah. then the horizontal. Certainly. I mean, we need that coach, right? We need that, 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 Absolutely. that mentor. We are, as Dallas Willard would say, we are an apprentice now to Christ mm-hmm. and his kingdom, right? Exactly. And it's a moment by moment thing. You know, I don't I don't know how you are with your GPS, but I love these GPSs and cars because I can I'm the guy that can get lost coming out of the bathroom in the restaurant and not remember where the table is. And and so <laughs> oh, that's a sign I of that's really, a sign of genius right there. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so so it's like with my GPS, you know, we could be talking in the car and all of a sudden the you know the sweet lady's voice comes over the GPS yeah. and and turn right 300 feet ahead. And it's like everything stops because I've got to listen. <laughs> well, I kind of think that it's one of those kinds of things where we need to constantly tune our ear to what the Holy Spirit is speaking because he's going to walk our call with us. And he's going to, like you were saying, coaching, the mentoring, every single step of the way. And then we have to realize that every moment that we're given on this earth, it's a cherished moment that we spend with him developing our call, bringing glory to him, blessing other people. But there's another life yet ahead, and we're getting a chance to do a dry run. We're going to develop it here, but we're going to continue to live out of it eternally. I mean, heaven is not... Quit thinking about heaven the way you've been thinking about heaven. Can I just say, I know that sounds kind of bold, but... Mm -hmm. Heaven is not a hybrid of a church service and a retirement center. No. That is, that, <laughs> no. That is not your future state. And uh, the Lord is bringing understanding, and there's emerging voices like Dallas Willard and, you know, Ransom Hart, John Eldridge, Randy Alcorn with his book on heaven, you know, the Anglican theologian N.T. Wright. Our lifetime now is a seed of what we always mm-hmm. will be. Yeah, uh, and yes. we will continually be expressing identity, and we will be involved in the enterprise of Christ's kingdom. Yes, there will right. be worship, of course. Yes, there mm-hmm. will be fellowship and eating in heaven. There's going to be great relationship, but there's also going to be creativity, right, Gary? Enterprise, and so we start now in this life. We're born again. We start now, right? And it continues. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with you that we continue to develop in this forever. Really, right forever, right. and and by the way, heaven as we think of it now, friend, is just a temporary state. It's all coming back. The heavenly Jerusalem is coming down to the earth. Yeah, there are going yes. to be the new heavens and the new earth. 
Right, uh, right. We, we, we have this very ethereal, abstract, fuzzy, we don't even know what uh-huh. it is, understanding of it. But get comfortable with the earth, get comfortable with doing your thing, mm-hmm. fulfilling your calling and cultivating what he's called you to cultivate, because right. it, it's, it's just the beginning of, of what you will do. It is exciting. And I tell you, young adults, when they hear that, it liberates them. When a young adult thinks of heaven as a retirement center and a church service, perpetual church service, it's not very motivating. But no, and, and that wouldn't be for me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, there's there's nothing exciting about that. But if you get to continue to live out your name, that's exciting. Oh yes. You know why does why does you know when you look at the Book of Revelation? I know some things are symbolic in there, but why does God need a horse? Why does He need a sword? Man, there's all kinds of exciting adventures going on. And you stop and think about if. If he if he did this much, I mean, when you start thinking about all of the habitations that he created, and did so what in the first three days he created habitations, mm. I don't think he all of a sudden said, "Oh, that's all I'm doing. I'm done creating." I think he's the divine architect that continues yeah. to create habitations. And one of the things that's wonderful too, while we're talking about habitations, I really feel like when we're looking at our calls, so this is what God does: He creates a habitation. And then he places inhabitants in it to bring him glory and to interact with it. So how do you interact with the habitation that God has created for you? You do it with your call. So when you look back at at the beginning of Genesis, you see again where for three days he creates a habitation. And then for three days he fills that habitation Hmm. with an inhabitant. So our call, we don't even have to try to figure out well, where or how am I going to do my call? Because God's already been working on habitations. Okay, very good. In this life and in the next. There are contexts and places and settings that he's designed in exactly. this life and in the next. Yes. Yeah. And then he sends you strategically into it. I've already created this place. I've already created, I've placed other people here for you to interact with. I've created the habitation for you to come in to bring me glory by using your call in this particular place. Mm. And then I think that continues on. You were talking about heaven. I think that continues on. He's continuing to create habitations. And so what wonderful exploration we'll have in adventures as we live out of our call and explore the habitations that are being created. You know, people talk about, oh, I'm going to get a mansion. Well, yeah, okay. You don't know even the beginning of it. (laughs) It's going to be even more exciting than that. He is this awesome, creative God and he has specifically designed us to interact with him in everything that he creates. Oh, man, I've recently been reading this book called uh, Call to Create. Have you heard of this mm-hmm. book by Jordan Raynor? No. Somebody, uh, let me borrow it, and recommended it to me, a, a group, a writer's group that I'm a part of. And he's actually suggesting in there very strongly that the work that you do now, mm-hmm. it could be that some of the actual work that you do, the things that you create and the work that you do will carry through somehow into the new heavens and the new earth. Maybe it's, you know, music. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, a book. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's, you know, work that you do with underprivileged people. But, but, Mm -hmm. but, But somehow it will carry through uh, if it's gold, silver, and precious stones, if it's done with consecration and pure motives and, you know, according to the design of God for mm-hmm. your life, uh, it, it very well could be that some of these things we will see on the other side. And and so then what that does is it motivates us now to do it with passion, you know, with, with all of your heart, as yeah. Paul says, you know, do it heartily. 
um, yes. and do it with excellence and do it under the empowerment of God. Truly, I mean, as Paul quoted from Isaiah, the things that God has prepared, our, our minds cannot imagine, our eyes have not seen, you know, we have not heard all that God has right. prepared prepared for us. Now, now, didn't yes. didn't God speak to the young man, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1 and say, look, before I even formed you in the womb, I knew you, and 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 before you were born, I consecrated you. What are what are your thoughts on Jeremiah's call like that? How does that speak to us? Well, well, I love that, and I feel like just because God called Jeremiah doesn't mean He didn't call us from that very same place. And you know, we see the same thing with John the Baptist, and and I think that if if we truly recognized it, we'd say it's not just the prophetic call that that comes before we're even in the womb. So what I think this is, is that God is saying for every single individual that he places on the earth, he's saying that he already knew us before we were a little zygote, before we were a fetus, before we were... A zygote clinging to the wall of our mother's womb, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Boy, it starts small, doesn't it? Even before that point, I already knew you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. And even before then you were birthed, I had already set you apart you know, consecrated. I'd already set you apart for service. I have appointed you. Already it's been done. Already and and you know, I don't I don't know if you well let's let's just talk a little bit about time. You see, this is the thing. God's already known you, he's already seen it, he's already gone there, uh, and is currently there. But then what happens with us is that he places us to walk out this timeline here upon the earth starting with a purpose even from the very beginning, before the beginning, Mm. before the beginning as we know it. He's already got the purpose and he's already got the call in place. Yeah, you're saying that God transcends our dimension of time that we're so familiar with, right, that we live in. Right. And even right. astrophysicists, we had mentioned that at the beginning, even astrophysicists are now suggesting, well, they're now saying that there are multiple dimensions of time. We have been very limited in our understanding of time. And I think some of the, the ancient Greeks, and and I love that you're talking about future and, and current kind of uh, uh, technologies, technologies and understandings. A lot of my understandings coming from a little more of a, an ancient thought. And and uh, you know the Greeks talked about the the chronos, the eon, the kairos. Okay. And and so break that down is, for us, Gary. What are, those are those are words that refer to time, right? They are. They're all words. They all mean time. Chronos is is what we really know. That's what we're familiar with. And so, you know, we can only look at at our our now moment. We imagine of what our future was like. We remember what our past was like. You know, that's our chronos, our chronological sequence that's given to us. Because, you know, we have uh, such limitations, you know, at this point. And so it's a tool to help us organize and to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you know, we can plan on a calendar. We can look at a a clock. You know, you and I said we were going to talk together today at a particular time that allowed us to be organized. It was our chronos given as a tool. Right. Then, then there's this this awesome thing about God, and God doesn't limit Himself by anything—time, space, power, anything. He doesn't limit Himself. So God lives in an eon time. It's a three-dimensional time. Hmm. Chronos is linear, okay. and we can see it, and we see one point at a time on it. God doesn't live there. 
He lives an eon. But now here's the exciting thing. Which is what? When an, an age of time or, or massive amounts of time? It, it is. It's all time. It's, uh, it, it's time before the beginning, time after the end, and time that is not a linear fashion to be tracked like a, like a, a highway across the landscape, okay. but instead more like uh, the universe in a three-dimensional kind of a way. Okay. Wow. And so he, he's living in a, in, a, in a 3D kind of a time, which means that he is at the garden. It means he is at the New Jerusalem. It means he is at the moment you were born. It means he is at the moment that you would die, and he is at your now. And nothing escapes him, and nothing will catch him by surprise, and nothing is unplanned for him. Now, just right there, here's a sidebar, uh, uh, Gary. Uh, Just imagine the the potential we have to pray to this being. (laughs) Right? I mean... Yes, it's awesome. to, To hone... You know, to hone our uh, inner man, to pick up his voice signature, this 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 kind of a being. I mean, this is incredible. The potential of like faith and prayer and, and expectation. Wow. Yes, that's that's the God we serve. That's the one that we bring glory to. That's the one that when we pray, you know, the uh, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. You know, well, why? Because of who we're praying to, this awesome God. But then then I got to say this other thing. This is so cool. Then what God does is, and where eon time intersects our chronos, it, it causes a kairos. Not for people use kairos in a very uh, um, secular kind of a sense, but I don't believe it's intended to be that. I believe that a kairos is this heaven-destined event that changes things tremendously upon the earth because it's where the eon time makes this, this intercept. And so what we have to realize is now, that... Now, can I interject? Is Kairos yeah. defined as an opportune window or season of time? Yes. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, exactly. So, so Jesus, there was a particular point that God would become flesh, a sacrificable being, fully righteous, that we could be redeemed, that became a Kairos. The, the moment that the veil was rent, Jesus was on the cross, um, at that moment, it was a it was a kairos. You visit the kairos as you give your life to the Lord. You you are given this opportunity for redemption based upon a one time act mm. of the heavenlies intercepting our chronological uh, line. Yeah, that's awesome. And Gary. so, even though it happened thousands of years ago, two thousand years ago. Today you can still be the recipient of the blood of Jesus. So that's that's the most important uh, kairos. Okay. You know, another important sure. kairos is when Jesus comes back for the church. Right. Uh, and so now, and what, so, now what about our lifetime here? Do we have like many kairos windows I that think so. that are presented yeah. to us, opportune seasons I think so. that need to be redeemed by us? We need to purchase those opportunities, don't we? By yes, faith. we do. I mean, not purchase them in the sense of a works righteousness, but the Bible does mm-hmm. say, I think in Ephesians, it uses the word kairos, I believe, that we are to redeem the time. Right. It's a gaining acquisition of uh, what was intended for us. And so I, I think that's the way you're using the word purchase there. You know, it, it's to say every, you know, that hidden manna. Everything that God has for us, everything that He intends to give us to fulfill our call and bring glory to Him in order to bless others around us, 
it's all there. And and if we connected the dots of these different, you know, uh, Kairos moments in our lives, what we begin to start seeing a picture formed uh, that brings, it just shows the majesty of who God is. And and once again, that divine orchestration that he holds. Mm-hmm. Now that's the, so wonderful. The, it is. And there's a real sense, isn't there, Gary, in which when we're born again and we begin this this walk with the Lord in the garden of, you know, the cool of the day, if you will, you know, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. You know, the, the older, more experienced ox would be linked up with the new ox, <laughs> okay, yeah, the rookie. Yeah. And Jesus is yeah. inviting us to learn from him, to yoke ourselves with him, and to pull with him, if you will, in this world, to cultivate and turn over the ground and and bring fruitfulness that God is looking for and that we can enjoy. It's I mean, we have to be we have to have an intentionality about this, don't we? An awareness of this and an application of faith. Exactly. And it's it's not about being good enough. Jesus' goodness is now your goodness. It's it's not about being educated enough because we have the mind of Christ. It's not about being the right color, the right culture, the right all of these different things that we feel like, well, I gotta be this or I gotta be that. No, you know what? We're part of the family of God. It's about finding him. And then like you said, and then it's easy. Yeah. You know, when I say easy, I don't I'm not saying that there won't be challenges, but you know, Jesus said my yoke is easy, my there is burden a, is light. Yes, there is Christ energies upon it, and you're right. There, there will be temptations, challenges, and there will be, you know, mountains to overcome and such. But at the same time, there is a Christ ease upon it, you know. Right. Or else we're right. Or else we're we're kind of trying to work too hard somehow, apart from his his grace and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Now, now these are what I uh, uh, another concept I was recently introduced to is meta beliefs. We have these large meta-beliefs in our life, you know, kind of like worldview stuff, or, you know, we have these meta-beliefs, and then under these meta-beliefs hang all of the dozens and hundreds and even thousands of decisions that we will make Mm -hmm. in our lifetime. So this is very important, and you may say, wow, these concepts are kind of like kingdom concepts and maybe hard to understand. Mm -hmm. We must embrace these concepts. We must, you know, uh, comprehend and seek through the Holy Spirit to comprehend and then apprehend. Now, I mean, Gary, you work with homeless people, right? You're the right. director of an agency, a, a a nonprofit that works with homeless people, helping them to answer their calls. And yes. there's mental illness. There's mm-hmm. there's what lack of budgeting, underemployment, mm-hmm. mental illness, mm-hmm. homelessness. Can these are are you able to communicate these concepts to these to these um, individuals? Absolutely. It's like a light comes on. It's, it's wonderful. Because, see, a lot of times we think, well, certain people are called and other ones aren't. Uh, down here in, in uh, southern Appalachia, a lot of times people will say, uh, I was called, and they mean called to preach. I mean, sure, our lives will preach, but, you know, everybody's called. And yeah, there we've, have been we've thought of that, that call thing too narrowly as, as just a preacher or a clergyman. Oh, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And so, see, this is what I think that the enemy wants to do. And, and let me just say this. People talk about the devil. The devil's God's devil. It's one of those kind of things where he created the devil to bring glory to him. He decided he didn't want to fulfill his call. He wanted a different call. <laughs> so he fell, took a third of the angels with him, as you know, as we see in mm-hmm. Scripture. And and uh, they're bent upon destruction, and they want to be able to diminish the glory that God receives, to be able to curse people, right. and to bring destruction. And so we find people that have fallen into traps of, of, of destruction, 
And we look at them and we think, well, you know, there's not a call in their life. Surely not. This person's not redeemable. Hey, everybody is redeemable and everybody has a mission. I appreciate Gary Brewster, his understanding and the work that he does. Now, what about you? Do you believe there are quote unquote habitations that Jesus has prepared for you that the scriptures speak of? We believe these are spaces and places for you to express your best life now and in the longer view in the new heavens and the new earth to come. Review those New Testament concepts of time. Do you have faith that God, who lives in multidimensional time, that Greek word aeon, can intersect our daily, weekly time, chronos time, with destiny and opportunity, kairos? Let's go higher. Let's think with Jesus. I have faith for that, for me, and for us together as the body of Christ. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following the podcast on your favorite listening app that helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them too. Plus it keeps you connected. Here's a good idea. Grab a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media. Tag it with maybe destiny or do more, be more, whatever you feel. Or you can just share it directly to social media from your favorite listening app. Visit jesussmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave thoughts and questions there. There's also a contact page to reach out. I want to encourage you to explore the little mini-series we're pursuing, Apostolic Christ Following. These are bite-sized mini-sodes, very digestible, if I can say that. And I'm excited for the edges that we're pursuing there. It's a very interesting edge that many feel the Holy Spirit is restoring into the global body of Christ today. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. Make it a smart week. Until next time, all the best. All the best.